Hello, everybody, and welcome to another amazing episode of The Joy of Being, where I, your host, mum and effortless lifestyle coach, Marina Pearson, talk to transformational professionals, business owners, and creatives about unplugging from the worries and stresses of life to light up with insight and joy. So welcome to today's episode, and I'm really excited to be interviewing Annette Ferguson. Now, Annette is the CEO of Annette & Co., the only accounting firm to help online entrepreneurs take home more money for them and their family to actually enjoy. She is the creator of the Business Wealth Engine, which helps six-figure entrepreneurs build their business around their life to ensure that their business is in a place to financially support them. And when she's not helping entrepreneurs transform their business, you can find her hanging out with her two little ones and hubby, running and drinking tea. Oh, but not all at the same time. On today's episode, we explore what it is to have a no-hustle business, no matter where you are on the journey. So if you're pushing, panting, going out to make things happen and feel like you're running on empty, and it feels like you're going uphill with the brakes on, then this episode is going to be a beautiful one for you. So Annette Ferguson, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast today. Today we're talking about the no hustle business. Now I guess hustle, uh, for some it brings joy to work that way um, and for others maybe not. So I guess this is really for people who have been doing hustle that haven't, hasn't really worked for them or think that this is the only way to, to do business. So I'd love to know why this is such a, an important topic for you and why you wanted to effectively rant about it today on the podcast. Well, first of all, Marina, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate um, you having me on the podcast today. Um, for me, uh, let me show you a little bit about my story and where I've been, which kind of explains why I believe that... Um, Hustle is not one of those necessary ingredients to build a successful business and to build a business that supports a life that you want and to support your family as well. So we need to go back about three years. And um, three years ago, my son was born. And um, unfortunately, at six weeks old, he was taken into hospital and he was taken in for what was later described as a threat to life event. They couldn't actually tell us what was wrong with him, but he became unresponsive and we had to rush him to hospital. And at that time, I was spending a lot of time pushing my business, working as much as I could, all the hours. And quite frankly, I was taking home very little money from my business at that point in time. Although my business had a six-figure revenue, I was taking home very little money as it, as it happened. My staff were being paid great for me, not so much. And I was in the hospital with my son and he was in for about three days in total. But I had a kind of a wake-up moment where I just thought, hang on a minute, this is not the life that I wanted to build when I was building my business. I did not want to be in a position where all I was doing was thinking about work and I wasn't actually able to be there and be present for my family and to support my, my son in this time when he needed me the most, when he wasn't well. And that kind of really, really kind of shook me up at that point in time. And basically, 
when we got home from the hospital and he was discharged and thankfully he's okay and everything is completely fine with him. But we got home, I thought, right, I need to create a different life. I actually need to change this because I am not here to work all the hours that God sends and not be a present mom, not be a present wife, not be just present in life in general. Um, so I basically went about doing that. I went about changing up actually how I operated in my business, what that looked like on a financial basis, what that looked like on a day-to-day -day operating basis to the point where within 18 months of this happening, um, we were able to get to a point in our lives where my husband actually left his full-time job and became a full-time stay-at-home dad, which is what we'd always planned to do. However, 18 months previously, that did not seem like that was going to happen. I was able to step into the business full-time, although full-time to us is me working nine to five, taking time off for lunch, eating all my meals with my family and having evenings with them. So we really kind of shifted how we wanted our life to look and built it around that and restructured everything around that because for me, the hustle was just stressful. It was overwhelming. I was just pushing all the time. I was exhausted all the time and I felt like a really, really crap parent as well um, as part of that. So when you're saying hustling and pushing, I'm really curious what that means because I guess mm. we have different, like, you know, what kind of behavior are we talking about? Because we may think that this is just normal, right? But, you know, yes. what does hustle and what does pushing look like? Yeah, so for me, um, as you say, everyone has a different definition of what that is. For me, hustling and pushing was basically working as many hours as I could as many hours as I was awake for, basically. Um, it also involved, incidentally, me checking my emails when I was doing night feeds with my son um, and all these crazy things. Um, for me, it felt like I, it was, it was basically a state of mind where I felt like I always had to be on it. And if I wasn't, something terrible was going to happen in my business. Whereas in actual fact, was not nice things were happening in my home life because I was always on it, because I was really out of balance in my life. I was really out of, you know, out of sync with how I wanted to operate as a person and how I felt, you know, how, we, how our family wanted to operate as a unit. Um, so that for me is what hustling was. It was kind of, you know, constantly having this, um, to be honest, completely self-imposed pressure that I needed to be working on my business all the time. And if I wasn't, I was failing my family and I was failing my clients. Whereas in actual fact, it's the other way around. It was the other way around. If I am working on my business all the time, actually I am failing my family because I'm not spending the time with them. I'm not actually putting in the energy that I need to be as a present parent. I love this because what you're really speaking to is kind of like, well, the first thing what I heard was insecurity was driving the, the, the bus, right? Like it was driving, it was the driving force because you were scared of something happening to your business. And I guess, without a doubt. yeah, like there's a slight distinction between um, hustling because you're feeling insecure that if you don't, that somehow, as you rightly, beautifully put it, something awful will happen. If we look a little bit more deeply, like, is it coming from that place of not enoughness? What if I could just be, and I didn't even need to do anything in the world? I'm curious about that, whether your thoughts around that kind of resonate with what I've just said. They absolutely 100% do. And it was 
definitely without a doubt coming from a place of fear and feeling that I wasn't enough. And for me personally, I know this is not the case for everyone, but for me personally, that was linked to the amount of money that I was delivering home to our family from my business. Because I, like I said, I was in a place where I was running a six figure business, but I wasn't taking home that much money. And, um, and as part of this, me changing things around, I, I restructured how things operated in my business. So I, we took more money home, which then meant that of course my husband could leave his um, full-time job. And so for me, like I say, I know this is not the case for everyone, but part of my personal self-worth and how I felt was, and that fear was definitely linked to the financials that were, were being, basically being delivered to us as a family from my business. Absolutely. That's so interesting, isn't it? How we assume that if we keep doing, 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 and we um, focus on that, that it will bring in more money. But what I've got to see over the last few years is that actually isn't true. And so I'm curious now to talk about what did you do? Because I'm sure there are maybe women listening here on the podcast today that run their businesses in a way that doesn't serve them necessarily. They do want to they do want to spend more time with their family, but they fear that if they don't, maybe it's around the money. But also the other thing is is the time. Like, how do I fit it all in? Like, of course I can't take time out. There's not enough time in the day, especially as mums, okay? So you know, you and I know that, right? Like my day ends now at around quarter to four um, when I have my son because obviously, well, obviously um, my, my ex has him the other half. But um, during those times, I'm rec- I, I kind of, that's it. I know that my day is over at that point. So um, my working day. So I'm curious about, you know, what did you do um, from a logistic perspective to change that? Because I'm sure there's lots of women who are wondering, hmm, okay, I accept that I want to shift and change, but I just don't know what the logistical side looks like. So for me, um, basically the first step was getting really clear on where I actually was. So first step for me was look at the data, find out what the data is actually telling me. And then I, we sat down as a family and said, okay, what do we want our life to ultimately look like? What does that look like? How much money do we need? what do we like how many hours do do i want to be working what is the time scale on my husband leaving his job like what do these actual tangible things these milestones look like and then it was about actually okay what then needs to happen each quarter each month each week and each day to get us from what the data says now to what we want the data to look like in a year's time, in 18 months time, in two years time. I'm a very, very practical person. So for me, it was just looking at the data and looking at what the data told me and the actions that then needed to happen in order to move us to where we wanted to be. So I knew the set amount that we needed to take home as a family from my business in order to release my husband from his full-time job. So what that meant was, okay, I need to look at my revenue streams, what do they look like? 
how is that working? I need to look at my costs in my business. Are my costs in the right place? Am I overspending on things? I needed to look at my team. Are my team members correct? Are they in the right jobs? Are they being paid at the right level? Are they, do they have the right number of hours? Like, what does that look like? So it was about really digging deep into each area of the data and actually saying, okay, what is that telling me? And what does that mean? What does that actually mean? And what does that mean going forward in terms of the changes that I need to make to basically get us to a place where we want to get to. So that's really interesting because really what I heard in what you were saying is to create an asset because, um, you know, I, I have investments um, that are, you know, passive streams of income, basically, I guess they're not passive, but they, they bring in money without me necessarily needing to work. And they support my lifestyle because I effectively, they work hard for me, right? So I don't have to spend all hours under the sun generating these assets. These assets are generated and then money comes in. So um, what I'm really hearing is, is that you decided, you shifted from being someone who was working in the business, um, someone who was uh, had almost like um, an employee mentality and um, to a business owner, which is a completely different shift in thinking, correct? Yes. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I really moved into basically taking up that role as a CEO or an MD or whatever you want to call it. That's really cool. So um, this idea of, of, of support, I remember um, being at a seminar years ago one of my mentors and she she talked about how we work and we work and work and work and we chase the money we're so indoctrinated to just chase the money and to work longer hours so that we create more money but what we're not seeing is is we're just creating more work for ourselves as opposed to creating an asset which is a completely different way of viewing it so i'm curious annette what are the fundamentals in creating an asset as opposed to creating more hard work for yourself? Well, that's a great, great question. So for me, like I kind of said before, one of the fundamentals is massively understanding the data because the data will tell you all the answers. So if you're looking at your business and you, you know, understand what not only the financial data, so not only the revenue that comes in and what profit that gives, but what is your conversion rate? How many people do you need to speak to on a weekly or a monthly basis in order to get to the level that you want? Are each of your revenue streams profitable? Does that, do they make sense for you? And do they make sense in terms of your time as well? So what does that look like for you? You might have a revenue stream that's giving you lots of money, but it might be taking up a hundred percent of your time and you might hate it in which case we don't want to be doing that because that's not what building our business is about mm -hmm. unless we, of course we can get a team that delivers that completely for us and you don't have to do it yourself then that's a different story but it is about actually building that business that supports the life that you want to live that's that to me is fundamentally what what it looks like because there is no point in building this big monster this big beast of a business if we hate it um, so I think in order to create that kind of business that is an asset you really need to have a really clear understanding of what you want your life to look like and everybody's will be different everybody's definition of success is different everybody's life and how they want that to look is different um, it's about okay what do you want what do you personally want 
and what does that mean in terms of your business? How, you know, what offerings do you need to provide so that it gives you the life that you want? What um, team members do you need to have in place so it gives you the life that you want? You need to kind of get all those pillars in place in order to have that supporting the life that you want, which then gives you the business as an asset in the way that you want it to serve you. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I love it because actually what you're really doing is you're reverse engineering the whole thing. Because I've often seen, especially with working with my clients, that what's happened is, is that they never really considered what the life that they wanted. So they just went into the business because they, they had the skill set, um, but they also wanted to make a difference. And without consideration of what the lifestyle is that they wanted. So they never even asked themselves that question. And over time, they're suddenly in this business, in it, as opposed to kind of living the lifestyle. But somewhere in the back of their mind, the intention was the lifestyle, but they've just created another job. Um, and, and so I really love the fact that when, you know, if and when, you know, anyone listening here is actually deciding to go into building a business or is um, already in it and just bloody fed up with it, feels trapped, doesn't like it, um, that actually asking yourself these questions, what kind of lifestyle do I want? How can the business support me in that? You know, what will bring me joy? Like for some of us, building a huge business isn't what we want. Like for me, for example, I don't want that. I love what I do and I love my craft. So I have things that bring me assets in and I love the craft. So I want to coach and I want to share and I want to self-express in, for example, doing these podcasts or, uh, I don't know, um, writing those blogs, um, you know, occasionally having retreats here in Spain. But the point being is this, that, that, as you rightly say, I see that as part of my lifestyle. Um, that may change over time. And I guess you can be flexible, right? And, and it, you're allowed to change your mind, um, which a lot of us don't think we can. <laughs> um, but what I really heard also in what you were saying is, is um, it's really about management and, and, and nurture because your team is an asset, just like your revenue streams are assets right? They're like, I guess, you know, the ongoing program or um, the property, whatever. They're the ongoing assets. They're like your team that are working hard for you. Um, 100%, 100%. And, 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 you know, if you're wanting to um, build a bigger business, you need to trust in those assets as well. You need to put your faith in those assets um, and you need to be able to trust them to deliver in the way that, they need to deliver. So part of building that team asset is also building that asset of do they need systems and processes and training in place in order to support that asset too. And that is all part of, of kind of building up those, I guess, those blocks of building a business. And like you said as well, you know, it's really good for your listeners to understand that if you are in a place right now where you feel like your business is not supporting your life in the way that you want, you can pivot you can change those things. They are not set in stone. Um, it's absolutely okay to shift your business model, to move things around in your business so they are supporting the life that you want to live. Yeah, so often we get so caught up in like, no, I set out to do this and this is how it should look and I can't tell anyone that I don't want it to look like that anymore. We hold yeah. on to it. It's so weird like how we do that, right? When we know intrinsically 
that it's not what we really want, but we keep at it, we keep at it, we keep at it, we keep at it, we keep getting our heads, you know, hitting our heads against the wall until we have a headache and then we wonder why we're so fed up. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. And that's kind of part of what I was doing before I made those switches and changes in my business. Um, I felt like I was hitting my head against a brick wall. I also felt like if I just make more sales, if I just make more sales, if I just make more sales, then I can get the life I want. Then I can, you know, get the money I want. Then, And it just felt like every time um, I got a new client or I made a sale, like it was like, oh, I just need one more. Or just need one more. Or just need one more. And it just felt like I was on this wheel that just would never, was never ever going to end. Um, which is why I made those shifts and changes. And actually, looping back to what we said before, part of those shifts and changes was in changing up my team, in, in moving people around in my team and actually getting rid of some team members and bringing on different people and all that as well. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of <laughs> a mishmash of things there, but you know, those things are really important to remember when we're actually trying to build that lifestyle that we want. But what I'm really hearing is that that really takes a lot of courage in it. And I, you know, I really want to champion you on that because it's really easy to let your insecurity and, and, and kind of like how you've always done it get in the way of, of really opening and expanding and and thinking you know what yeah I'm worthy of the life that I want because I think there's there's a sense of like can I really have that you know is that actually really doable but it takes balls and courage to go fuck yeah that's what I want right and that's what I'm going after I'm done with this I'm this just doesn't work for me anymore yeah, and I certainly had, you know, I had reached that kind of enough is enough point where I was like, right, I'm fed up of this. And, um, you know, and perhaps it needed my son to have that incident to, to bring that out in me and actually have that kind of wake up moment. But I was just done with it. I was, you know, I was at a place where I had a newborn. I had a six week old tiny baby, um, you know, at that point, my first child. And, it, you know, life was just getting even more crazy. And I thought like something else is being thrown in the mix here. I don't have the capacity to continue in the way that I am. And it might be that, you know, some of your listeners don't have like quite, <laughs> quite as an extreme, like enough is enough moment, but we all get to a point where we just think, you know what? I'm done with this. This is not what I wanted my life to look like. This is not the way I wanted to operate. And, and the question next is not, okay, I'm just going to have to live with this for the next 40 years or whatever that might be. The next question is, what do I do to change it? How do I get the things in place that I need? Because, you know, of course, depending on your beliefs a little bit, but we all have one life to live and we may as well make the most of it whilst we're here. Why, why would we want to live a life like you, you know, that's not joyful, that is not bringing us what we want? Because at the end of the day, you know, if I, if I, didn't, if I hadn't changed up the way my business was operating, I would have just been miserable. I would have been a crappy parent. I would have been, a, you know, an annoying wife. I would have not been in a happy place. And that's not good for anybody in a family unit at all or in the wider world in general. Therefore, 
why should we live in this place where we're not happy with how our business is performing or we're not happy with the money that we're getting out of it or we're not happy with how our life looks or we're not happy with the number of hours that we work or we're not happy with our team or whatever that is or our clients even. Why should we live in that place? Um, it's just not worth it in the long run. Yeah. And yet we know that and yet we carry on. And so what is that about? I think it's about a couple of things. I think, uh, you know, it's easy to carry on. It's easy to just keep doing what we've always been doing. It's actually, it's hard to change our behaviors and change our process. And it's scary, right? It's fear as well. Um, not just the fear of failure, but a lot of people I find have a fear of success as well. So it's like, if I, if I build this business and this life in the way that I want it to look like, what does that mean? Am I going to have friends who are jealous of me and not speak to me anymore? Am I going to have a husband who resents my success? Am I going to have, you know, people who look at me in a, in, in a, in a way that, Oh, look at her. She's got it all. You know, am I going to have those things coming up as well? And I think that people are not only scared of the people saying to them, Oh, look, yeah, business of yours. Yeah. Didn't work. Did it? I think that people are also scared of people going, huh, look at her. She thinks she's so good with all this, you know, all this money or this fancy house. Oh, she's changed. I think people are scared of that type of reaction as well. Yeah. And, and also, you know, what would happen if, and who would you be without the hustle, right? Like there's a, it's almost like yes. a mentality. And it's a little bit of a badge of honor for a lot of people as well. Like, oh, I'm working so hard. I'm hustling. You know, is that, is that kind of word has become, um, become a little bit trendy in terms of, you know, the sort of Gary Vee crowd and all that kind of stuff. It's become a bit of a trendy entrepreneur word. And actually, um, I, I don't think it's that cool. <laughs> well, we're all entitled to our opinions. And, um, you know, whatever works. But I'm always interested and curious about when things aren't working for you, but you still yeah. carry on. Because yes. I know that I'm not a hostile type of person and um, my, my, my kind of energy and flow is um, create and in, in that in, you know, in moment of inspiration. And yeah, there are days that I don't want to, but I still do it anyway. Um, but it's very different um, to that kind of mentality that I had about like I have to do this, otherwise, you know, I won't be successful. And and yes, mean about me. You know, um, it's really interesting this whole thing around identity that we were kind of really talking about. Um, I remember being in Bali, and um, I was pregnant with Leo at the time, and um, I'd spent like three about you know that's four weeks in bed because I felt so ill and I was. So <laughs> And um, one night I was lying there and what I heard, like, like I was wondering like, wh who am I when I'm lying in bed here and nobody knows where I am? Because I was so identified with, with my label of what I do. And what I heard was that I am. And there was nothing after it. And I'm like, I am what? And I was waiting. And then it just dawned on me that the point was I am. And that was so much freedom because I realized that the hustle was really, it was linked with identity. Um, and somehow this is, I am hustle. I am, um, push hard. I am 
success. I am striving. I am. And so we identify with that, that behavior and we think that it's who we are. Um, but what I'm really hearing you say is, is, is that it's not, that our behavior is separate from who we are. And we can change that in any moment based on, because it sounds to me like you had an insight that things weren't working for you anymore, right? You, you had an Absolutely. And, and at that point you were like, aha, enough is enough. I hear, I've got to this point. I don't want to do this anymore. And yeah, so I think there's, for anyone listening, you know, if, if you're still not at that point and you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I still haven't had that insight. It's just to create awareness, create awareness yeah. around what you're creating, how you're creating it. And what I loved about this was how you did it as a family, mm-hmm. um, Annette. Like, how did that, you know, I love this idea that, that, that rather than sort of making that decision on your own, is that you sat down as a family to talk about it. And, and I'd love to explore that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, because maybe there is an essence or there's a, there's, a, there's a sense that if I don't do this, or if I do do this, this is going to have huge implications on the family. Um, as you did. So I'm curious about that. Like how did that, and, and, and what kind of wisdom can you share around that? Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I strongly feel that, um, even if the members of your family aren't actually involved in the doing of stuff in your business, that every business is a family business because everything you do in your business impacts your family in some way. Okay, it can be positively or it can be negatively. Because if I decide tomorrow that I want to run an advertising campaign, say, let's say a paid ads campaign tomorrow, what does that mean? That means that my energy is focused on that. Um, It means that my money is focused on that. And it fundamentally means that they are not, for that period of time, focused on my family. Um, so it may mean that I have less energy to devote to my family. It may mean that I, we have less money that month, for example. Um, so, so for me, um, you know, every business impacts your family, whether you want it to or not. I mean, think about days where you have a crappy day at work and something just goes wrong. You might, it might be whether you lose a client or it might be that your website crashes, whatever it is, right? Um, most people struggle to leave that in the proverbial office, whether you actually have an office or whether you're working from home, which, whatever that looks like. But most people struggle to leave that behind completely at five o'clock, right? It usually in some way, you know, might get brought up over the dinner table or it might end up with you narking at somebody at eight o'clock at night. But, it, but in some way, it usually comes home with you because it's your business and it's your baby and you feel every single thing really, really closely. And so it impacts your family in some way or other. So for me, um, it just made sense that when we were looking, when, you know, when I was looking at what does, what do I want this business to actually look like and deliver? And what do I want for my life? It just made sense to include my husband in those discussions because fundamentally, you know, everything that happened in my business, I mean, he, you know, he might not know that I received an email from so-and-so or that, you know, I put out a Facebook post, but he fundamentally knew how my day went by how I reacted at the end of it. Um, and, you know, we'd have discussions about whether I had had inquiries or whether, you know, all those kinds of things, what my Facebook audience was looking like, all that kind of stuff. 
right? So it, so when it came to actually, okay, what do we, what do we want from this business, from this life? It just made sense to include him in those discussions because he was going to be impacted either way, whatever we decided by the, you know, by the results of that discussion and by the outcomes that were hopefully going to be coming to fruition as a result of it. Yeah, I, you know, what really kind of came out of that for me, what I heard was um, it just made sense. And I think, I think there's, there's real value in that, like just doing what makes sense to you in that moment. And, and, and yes. that did make sense to you, that sort of common sense, that wisdom that was like, yeah, sure, of course. And, and you know, often we, we keep the business and, and personal life separate. But what I'm hearing really is, is it's all our own creation anyway. You know, we somehow think that when we build this business, it's like that entity out there that somehow has a power over us, right? Which just isn't true um, because we created the damn thing in the first place. Like we do our kids from nothing to everything, right? So once our children were once an idea in our heads and then we gave birth to, to that creation and the same with the business. You know, you manifest the people. Um, we have that capacity. And so what I was really, what kind of popped into my head when I was, when I was listening to you speak was being of service. Um, because actually, I'm, I know that most of the women that I speak to that are running their businesses are doing so because they want to be of service to the world. They're doing it to impact positively they're doing it because they're heart centered they're doing it because they really want to make an impact and that's being of service but you can't be of service if you're not serving if you're not able to support yourself and serve your family you cannot be in a good in a kind of good in inverted commas place to support other people because if you don't feel supported yourself then trying to support others means that you're kind of building on a, on a really shaky foundation which is not going to be a great place to be building something from. And do, do not get me wrong. I did not, I actually didn't used to include my husband in any business stuff at all. Um, you know, back in the day when I first started, I didn't include him in anything to relate to the business at all. I thought like, this is my baby. Like, this is nothing to do with you. I think I may have actually said that to him at one point, um, <laughs> which is, you know, is not great. I promise you don't say that. It's not a good thing. Um, um, but actually, I, we learned over the years that, like I said, that it is, it is a family business regardless of, of whether they're working in the business or not. Um, and that was something that kind of evolved for us. Um, it wasn't something that I got straight away. And I think that's like everything in business. It's not something you get straight away. You know, back to the children analogy, you know, they're born, you put them on the ground, they don't know how to walk, right? It's about building on learning, building on um, just experiences and, and building on your life. Yeah, I call it the insight strategy, which is basically take action, learn something from that, have an insight, move, move to the next action, insight, action, insight, action, insight, because actually it's through the action that you gain the insights you need to get more clarity in how the pathway opens up. Like if I look at, and there's no shame in it, right? Like I, what, I'm, what I'm hearing here is it's very matter of fact. So it wasn't working. You decided to change it and, and now it works for you. Um, so often we can get into this overthinking of the shame of it not working. And if women are listening to this right now and you are in that space of shame and you feel like um, there's, that, that 
by admitting to the fact that it's not working, that that's a, it makes you a failure. Well, actually, um, it can be the most liberating thing that you can do. Like, I remember in January, well, you and I have had many conversations and you had me crying on you, because um, Annette's my accountant. Um, and, um, and actually taking stock is really, liber it, it, it's a really incredible exercise to do because I actually had to look at this very thing of what the hell yeah. am I doing? What am I spending my time on? Like, you know, I have to pay babysitters and so forth if I'm working to, to spend time with Leo. And I'm like, well, is this actually, is there any return on investment in what I'm doing? And the answer was a big fat no. So I had to really like go, okay, um, that ain't, doesn't work, that doesn't work for me at all. Um, but as I said, it takes courage to look, it takes courage to take stock. Um, and, I, and I love the fact that I did because here's the thing, I was in massive confusion, which I think, you know, and resistance, which I think most of us get into, it's like this thing, right? Massive confusion, oh, massive yes. resistance. And then out popped this new idea of doing this podcast. Now, if I just kept doing what I've always done, this would never have been birthed. And this podcast for me has now got a vision. It's like, it's, you know, and, 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 and it has a strategy behind it, something that I actually can really put myself behind. And so I see it as an opportunity as opposed to this sense of failure or shame, right? So what do, what's your take on that, Annette? Absolutely. I mean, I am, I am a very practical person. Um, accountants tend to be, of course. I'm a very practical person. So yeah, I very much have a kind of view. What, let me just tell you a quick story. When I was growing up, my dad always used to say to me, we are where we are. Now, people can view that as a really negative statement, but actually, I always used to view it as a really positive statement because we are where we are. We draw a line in the sand. What's happened before, we've learned from. It doesn't matter. We move forward and we progress. And that is something that I have taken throughout my whole life is we are where we are. It doesn't matter what's happened before. As long as we learn from it, as long as we can move forward in a positive way, as long as it hasn't, you know, ended us well, even if it has ended with us in homelessness, actually, that doesn't matter either. We are where we are. And that's okay. Like, there's no, there's no problem with that. It's just about how we move forward from here. And that's, that's the way that I look at so many things in our lives. Because what, what is the point in dwelling and spending time and energy on worrying about the past and what's happened before there really is no point it is a waste of time it's a waste of energy and it just can to make us upset there's no there's no point in it there's no positive um, thing that can come out of that so for me it's always about just assessing where we are thinking about where we want to be and moving towards that like I say I'm a very practical person anyway so that just makes logical sense to me um, that that's kind of how we would operate. Um, I completely understand that a lot of people don't have that. Um, you know, I have very masculine energy anyway. So that's, that kind of, you know, makes that sort of pra those practical steps a lot more simple than if I was maybe driven more by my feminine energy. But that's kind of how, that's kind of how I operate in that. And I get that a lot of people, um, you know, will dwell on, what's happened will feel like that somehow defines who they are going forward 
But believe me, it does not define who you are going forward at all. And it will help you going forward. In fact, that you have made a decision and you've stuck with it and you're going with it. And actually that's just a positive thing, not only for you as a person, but for your family too. That's the kind of thing that you want your kids to see, right? That you actually make a decision, you implement the decision and you go with what this, the results are. I mean, that's, you know, that's a really positive message um, for those around us as well as ourselves. Yeah, and even if you are in the shit and you are worrying, because it's not like we don't, we, we can't eradicate that from our lives, right? We just don't spend so much time in it. Yes. And what I'm hearing from this very matter of fact, which is probably why, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it makes you extremely good at what you do as an accountant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just look at, the, look at the data. Don't get emotional. Exactly. Exactly. Um, there's a sense of joy of experimentation. And I guess... You and I both have kids, and what I noticed in Leo is is that he doesn't worry about the end in mind. What he what he does is just goes right. I'm going to do that then. Oh, that didn't work. I'll do something else. I don't even know if he goes. It didn't work, but he goes like, oh, I'm exploring this. I'm exploring how that works. Um, and so you know, I always use the example of like when he was on the beach and he was attempting to get a little pebble um, and pick it up with this huge shovel, and and like going why. But that wasn't the point. The point was he was just exploring and experimenting. And then it dawned on that life is one big experiment, as is our business. And so it's part of the course to experiment. And sometimes experiments don't turn out the way we expected them to. But it means nothing about who we are. It means nothing about how shit we are as a person or anything like that, right? It just means, oh, oh, the experiment didn't go the way I wanted it to. Okay. Well, what did I learn? What insights did I garner from this? And how can I move forward with these new insights that I have? So for example, like you did, right? It's like, oh, uh, no, this experiment's not working. Um, how can I move forward with, with the data that I have as a hypothesis, like you did in your I hated science as a kid. I don't know about you. But I hated it as a child. I loved it. Of course you did. I, I love like, singing and the fluffy stuff. Um, yeah there's real value in it because what I really got to see is, is a hypothesis is, well, I'm going to hypothesize that if I do this and do this, this will be the outcome. And then you're like, well, no, it didn't actually have the outcome that I wanted it to. So what's going on as opposed to beating yourself up because somehow you've identified the experiment being with like somehow personal to do with you. Um, Absolutely. In your own way. Um, but speaking of experimentation, actually, Annette, um, what new experiments are you cooking up? Um, I know we spoke about um, this new program that you're launching, um, and I'm curious about that because obviously we've spoken about a lot today about, you know, no hustle, play, but also the sort of more logistical sides of, of putting this together. Now, of course, we can't give you the step-by-step formula um, because it will be different for everybody. But my feeling is that today our talk has been really about the why behind this program you've decided to create. Um, and I'm curious more about uh, what it involves. For anyone that might be in, who's listening, right, who might be interested in knowing more about it, who wants to really build something that's going to support them, that's going to be an asset. And I can really vouch for Annette. She is the real deal when it comes to numbers and figures and accountancy. Um, like the the geek so i know that you would be in really good hands so yeah i'm, I'm really curious about it so um 
my, my, my curiosity t takes us there. So I'd love to learn a little bit more about what you're up to. Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, allowing me to share um, to share a little bit about it. And uh, yes, I am a geek. Uh, my husband likes to call me a dork. Same word, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what I basically what I've developed is called the Business Wealth Engine, and it's basically a um, essentially it's a six week mentorship program, which talks you through or steps you through with my uh, with my help it's a very kind of close mentorship program steps you through um these six stages that we need to get in place that we need to work out and that we need to examine in order to get that life that you want from your business um so like i kind of spoke about before we start with really what does the data look like now what is it telling us and that that can scare a lot of people that can feel a bit um a bit frightening particularly if you've not looked at the data properly in your business before if you've not really delved into it that can feel quite overwhelming yeah like I'm curious because I know that a lot of women freak out like completely have a lot of insecure thinking around looking at the data um, so I'm curious about that why what have you found is the reasoning behind it um, well a lot of it is because people are linking their um their kind of their self-worth almost to what the data is telling them because the thing is you know the harsh reality is that the data doesn't lie so once we have the stats and the numbers it gives us an answer and sometimes particularly um for people who are very heart-centric or running spiritual type businesses um, it's really difficult to look at data that may contradict what their intuition or their gut is telling them yes um, I'm London, but I've got no money in the bank <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so um, you know that can be really uncomfortable to actually look at and really uncomfortable to examine and I get why I completely get why that is but you know you need to first know where when you're you know first know where you are then you need to know where you want to get to in order to basically plug it into the sat nav so you can get between the two destinations and that's what understanding the data first off gives us in our businesses it lets us understand where we are so you know with going back to the kind of we are where we are situation it there's nothing to be embarrassed about there's nothing to be scared about it just tells us where we are that's all it does it just lets us know where we are now and that's okay it's completely okay there is no shame in where we are now in any business whatsoever whether you are running a you know multi-million pound business or whether you are taking in a hundred pounds a month there's no shame in that whatsoever it just tells us where we are it just tells us our starting point okay so that's kind of what we start off with and then we go into looking at okay what does your life look like now what do you want it to look like um, and then we move on to basically building out a plan to get there. What does that look like? What does that look like for you specifically in your business, in your life? Um, what steps do we need to take to get you between the two positions? How long is that going to take? What do we need to do monthly? What do we need to do weekly? What do we even need to do daily in some businesses to get us between the two? 
Then we look at the techniques and the systems that we need to put in place, the controls that we need to put in place in order to enable us to put those actions into place because it may be that there are some systems lacking. It may be that there's a team member lacking. It may be that there's some controls lacking, but we need to look at, okay, what do we need to actually physically put into place in order to get us there? What does that look like? And then we look at, okay, how do we make sure that this is going to be then constantly working in our business? What are the feedbacks that we need to make sure are in place so that we actually know that we're moving in the right direction? What do we need to be tweaking or changing on a monthly basis, on a quarterly basis in order to be making sure that we are still heading in the right direction? And making sure that we keep assessing that life picture, okay? Do we still want our life to look like that? You know, six months down the line, something might change. Something might happen. You know, God forbid you might have a relative that passes away or gets ill. That will may change what your life looks like, what you want it to look like going forward. It might be that you want to move across the country and be closer to them. It might be that, you know, that you bring them into their home. Whatever that might look like. You might be pregnant and have a child. Your life, therefore, a picture might change. What, and that's okay. That's completely okay for that to happen. It's just about still making sure that you're actually on track. So the Business Wealth Engine basically does all of this in a six-week intensive mentorship program. Wow. So what I'm really hearing is, is like you're building an asset in six weeks. So wherever you are and whatever stage you're in, that this actually can be really useful for you, especially, I guess, um, if you are fed up with how things are working and you're working all hours under the sun, uh, you want to have more time and you actually want to spend, cause I guess time is a really big part of all of this, right? It's the one resource you want to get back. You never get that back with Absolutely. money, we can lose it. We can get it back, but time we can't. Um, and I, you know, it's it's so corny, isn't it? It's like that statistic when you're when you're dying, or nobody ever said, "Oh, I wish I'd spent more time in the office." They 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 deeply care about the people that they love, and um, that's it. That's really what this is about. It is about giving yourself the opportunity to create an asset that can support you to really live that juicy and joyful life that you want to live in a way that um, gives you the time and space for you. Um, because I often see like this, as you said, like this hamster wheel that we can get on and we just don't know how to get off. So what I'm hearing is, is this is the solution to getting off the hamster wheel. Yeah, it is fundamentally. <laughs> and it's about, you know, it's about creating the life that you want specifically. It's not about creating the life that I think you should be living. It's not about creating the <laughs> oh life that God, your husband... would be a nightmare. Can you imagine? That would, wouldn't it? Could you imagine just clones of me walking around? That would be an odd, odd place to be living. But what I'm trying to say is it's about actually finding out what you want in life. It's not about what my idea of success is. It's what your own idea of success is and actually building around that. It's not what your husband's idea of success is or your best friend's idea of success or your mum's it's about your idea of success and that's what we build towards it's not what some six figure seven figure eight figure guru tells you that you know you need your life to look like this you need to be taking home this every month it's what you want and that's fundamentally what's most important because some people some people may want to work 40 50 hour weeks that may be what brings them joy and they may love that and that's okay that's completely okay. It's also okay if you want to work a five-hour week. 
Yeah. And that's what brings you joy. That's okay too. Um, you might want to take out 20 grand a month from your business or a hundred grand a month from your business. You may want to take out a hundred pounds a month from your business or, you know, whatever. That's okay too. Like whatever it is for you that you want in your life, that's okay. That's, you know, that, that's allowed in inverted commas. You don't need to feel like you're not successful because you're comparing yourself to other people either in the program or externally it's about the life that you want to live and building that and that's what's important yeah and it reminds me of the yoga mat you know like um often my teacher says this is your own practice this is your body yes. it's different to everybody else's body like you know some people have got shorter legs other people have like flatter you know, I don't, can you have a flat pelvis? I don't know, but like <laughs> um, long body, short body, um, muscle tissue. I mean, it just like you are unique in your own beautiful and loving way. So you can't expect to live your life in, in somebody else's body because it's your own. And it's just a matter of acceptance. This is the one that you were given and get on with it. It's not about the comparison. It's just our own journey really with it. So I'm curious in that. Okay, so we've got the experimentation down, what you're experimenting with. I'd love to know, on a little bit more of a personal note, what brings you joy that not many people know about? Like for me, I get really obsessive about watching a Netflix TV show and then I can't seem to let it go. So it kind of dominates my life for a while. Um, but I, I love binge watching. So for me, that brings me so much joy. Um, I can just immerse myself in, in the story and just really enjoy that. So um, I'm curious for you, what, what, what's that for you? Well, interestingly for me, what brings me joy, what I love to do is something that I don't do often enough. And, um, and it actually, um, we've spoken a lot about me being into data and, you know, goals and all these kinds of things. But actually, I do have a little bit of a creative side, which likes to pop out every so often and visit. And um, so what brings me joy is um, knitting and quilting. I really love it. I don't spend enough time doing it, but I love creating those things. And I love the kind of end results of those things. And I love the, um, the process of the creation as well. So, um, yeah, so those things bring me a lot of joy. Um, I, I do not focus enough on them at the moment but I'm okay with that right now. And uh, yeah, and, I, and that's what I love doing. I'd love to see, actually. Uh, maybe, I can, maybe I can send, I'll send you some pictures. I'll send you some pictures <laughs> over. Um, <laughs> and what are you giving yourself permission to do more of? Because I think often we get so obsessed with the business and you know, mm. network and focusing on the money. And, and yep. you know, like for me, I'm giving myself permission now to actually spend um, time singing for example, and I want to act again. So what are you giving yourself permission to do more of? Well, that's a great question as well, because it's something that I've actually been doing for the last three days. I'm giving my, myself permission to take more actual weekdays off work completely and spend them with my family. So for the last three days, we were away and I limited severely how often I checked my emails, which for me is a big thing. Okay. I have a thing like this. It's almost an addiction to this phone right here. Um, so for me, that was a really big thing. And I'm giving myself more permission to basically say, okay, the world is not going to fall over if I don't check my emails for four hours. That's okay. Um, so at the moment, that's where I am with that is giving myself permission to actually 
just relax into that and be okay with the fact that the world does not end if I don't check my emails and I actually make sure that the time that I am spending off work is actually time off work. Because I think that when we're building a business um, and we have things like our phones, which are basically, let's face it, many computers in our hands, it can just mean that actually we are, you know, we're off, but we're not really off because we're just basically doing work on our phones instead of being present with the people that we love. So for me, it's about more actual proper holiday days off this year. Love that. So lastly, if somebody wants to contact you, if somebody wants to know more about this incredible program that you've got going on, how can they do that? Um, so the best way is, well, there's a couple of ways. Really, You can head over to www.annetteandco.co.uk. That's and all spelled out. So A-N-N-E-T-T-E-A-N-D-C-O.co.uk, annetteandco.co.uk. Um, or you can catch me on social media channels. Most um, of my handles are Annette underscore Fergs. Um, or you can uh, find my Facebook group, which is called The Community, brackets B-W-E. Um, so yeah, any of those places, please do say hello. Um, and I'd love to have a chat with you. Wonderful. Last words of wisdom. Oh, last words of wisdom. Trust your gut, but understand the data. Oh, love that. Trust your gut and understand the data because often, yeah, love it. That's such a beautiful combination of right brain and left brain, or at least gut brain and... <laughs> the other heart of the mm. brain <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much Annette. I've had so much fun and um, thank you so much for coming on the show and I really look forward to us speaking again me too I have absolutely loved it Marina it's been absolutely wonderful to speak to you um, thank you so much for, uh, for having me on there you have it another amazing episode of the joy of being if you loved what you heard here today and it's been helpful why not subscribe or share the podcast with others and if you're curious as how you can experience more joy in your life and feel more carefree then i invite you to download your joy catalyzer scorecard at www.marinapearson.com scorecard which will help you identify the joy gaps and what you can do to fill them so until next week's episode remember You are the joy you seek.